Lifestyle choices and environmental factors impact your brain health and the physiology and psychology of your mental health. When you're ready to turn your brain on to get your game on, listen to In Your Head Radio. Now here's your host, Lee Richardson. Good afternoon. We've got a dreamy show for you today. I've got a guest, J.M. DeBoard, maybe better known as Rad Al, but he's the author of three books about dreams, including the best-selling Dream Interpretation Dictionary. He explains this complex subject very simply and very easily and really gives us all the ability to discover what our dreams mean and the significance of our dreams. He's created the dreamschool.net where more than 3,500 students in 200 countries have taken his online course so that they can understand their dreams. He's also a very popular media guest, been on many, many media programs. He's been noted as one heck of a dream interpreter, and he's got many other skills and, and knowledge. And, you know, thank you so much for being with me today. It's my pleasure, Lee. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this conversation. I love the overlap between dreams and understanding how the brain works. So I think we're going to have a great opportunity to um, dig into that subject. Well, I think you're right. And, and actually, you know, I can remember in grad school, Sigmund Freud, he had a theory that dreams represent your unconscious desires and your thoughts and your motivations. And in my world, you know, I look at the brain, it's you've got a conscious and you've got that subconscious. And that subconscious is where really everything happens. So it kind of makes me think that he was right about dreams. What do you think? Well, you know, it's funny, as the leader of a, um, a subreddit devoted to Carl Jung, um, Sigmund Freud is kind of the arch enemy. Um, I say that tongue in cheek, you know, um, but there's a lot of debate. And I think that people lose sight of the fact that the 99% that Freud got right um, is much uh, greater body of uh, evidence and work for the efficacy of what he taught, that there is an unconscious mind, which was not even recognized before Freud, or at least popularly recognized before, before Freud made it so, um, that he was one of the most influential um, thinkers of the 20th century, largely because he made us aware that there are all these processes that are happening subconsciously I read something recently from neuroscience that said that 95 to 99 percent of the total mind is unconscious. So Freud was right. There is so much going on that is in the background that you are not consciously aware of. And dreams are your number one viewing window into those processes that are going on. Everything from what's going on in the body to what's going on in the emotions to what's going on in mind, spirit, and beyond. So it's a very valuable insight, and let's give some props to uh, Dr. Freud for changing the world with his insights. Well, he certainly, you know, I identified with it because so much of the work that I do, when I work with someone that's had emotional trauma, that lives in the subconscious. And the only way that you can release that trauma is to create regulation on that subconscious level. You know, I saw a really interesting fact. Every second, your brain can take in 11 million bits of data, the most 
that you can deal with on a conscious level is between 40 and 126. You don't even have to do the math. You know where it all goes. (laughs) Yeah. There's so much sensory information that's being brought in every moment of your life. And we necessarily have these filters that simplify it down so that we're only getting, you know, a single layer of what is massive bandwidth that we are taking in. But here's something about dreams that I teach is, is that they can bring your the, your unconscious mind, the same mind that creates your dreams, is always aware. It is able to handle the entire bandwidth or at least to monitor it so that if something gets your attention or it, something is taken in but it doesn't get your attention and you need to pay attention to it, you need to know that information, it will speak to you through your dreams. There are other ways, but dreams are the number one way that it will speak to you. I give an example in my book, Dreams 123, where there was a woman who um, had a dream that there was a little white pill underneath the front lip of her couch. And she she thinks to herself during the dream, my toddler is in the crawling stage and I need to do something to check on what that pill is before my toddler could possibly find it. And what is a toddler going to do if they find something on the floor? They're going to stick it in their mouth. So she wakes up from the dream and she has a funny feeling that this is more than just a dream. There is a message, something that is trying to be brought to her attention. She goes downstairs, looks up under the lip of the couch. She sees a little white pill sitting there and it turned out it was a powerful sedative. Someone somehow had dropped that sedative there on the floor where that baby could get to it. Not intentionally, of course, but it could have been a disaster. And my hypothesis on that is is that she saw the pill out of the corner of her eye, part of that massive amount of information. If you just sweep your eyes across a room, there is so much to see and take in. And I think that she saw it out of the corner of her eye, but maybe she was distracted talking on the phone thinking about something, and she wasn't able to fully process the fact that that danger to her child was sitting there. And thank goodness, she, her dreams brought it to her attention, and she knew enough to actually pay attention to her dreams and realize that there was a warning for her there. Wow, that that is a great story. And, you know, I see all the time, I'll have clients say, okay, I've got to make a decision about this today. Today, I'm going to do it. And they'll go home and they, they, maybe they won't. And they wake up the next morning and that decision is made. And I think yes. that's, that, that's, that's happening in their sleep. That subconscious is sorting it all out and making the decision for them. Yeah, and that is a regular part of it's also something I teach that you can sleep on it in the figurative sense, but also literally, if you have a question to answer, a problem to solve, a decision to make, a choice, then sleep on it. Allow those deeper parts of the mind to weigh in. Oftentimes, what you see in your dreams are these symbolic representations of everything that's going on in your head and your heart. And it will speak, it will give you the information that you need to make your decisions. It kind of pulls together all the facts and the different ways of looking at things. It gives the history behind conditions and circumstances in your life. And it brings it all together and it tells you a story that's like a parable. So if you can wake up, pull up the dream content, 
you know, so you remembering first thing in the morning, if you went to bed with a big decision, make sure that you also have the thought in your mind, I'm going to make sure that when I wake up next, I'm going to search my memories first for whatever my dreams were telling me, because it's very likely that you're going to find somewhere in that dream content, the recommendation or advice or perspective that's coming to you from that deeper part of your mind that is making these connections in your sleep and allowing other parts of your mind to weigh in, not just the rational or ego part of your mind. It's allowing it all to speak and then ultimately to present to you the decision of you know, like not the decision, but it's helping you to make your decision as if you were kind of like the CEO who has a big decision to make and you want all the different departments to weigh in before you make your decision. You need to get your facts and information. And that's what your dreams do for you, Lee. So you said dreams are stories. So do you like, you know, well, I'll read a book that I'm going to use in my practice and I'll analyze that book and I'll go through and I'll try to pull out, you know, what's important, what, what are the elements that I want to bring into my practice? Are, are you suggesting we analyze dreams that way? You can. It's at heart, a dream is a story, a fully formed dream. Now, there are different types of dreams, um, but the most people most of the time have a dream that has a narrative structure to it. it it's a story at heart. It's like a parable. A parable is a story that has a lesson behind it, a moral to it, a point to make. So you can bring the tools of story analysis that you would use to analyze a movie or a novel, even stories that are told to us in different forms these days, like with uh, video games and comic books and stuff like that. I find that dreams follow those narrative, basic narrative structures. They have their own twist on it, but it's basically the same thing. So you notice things about the story. What are the characters doing in the story, the dream? Um, what are their motivations? Do you like them or not? How do you react to them? What do they do? What do they say? Where is the story set? Um, what happens? What's the plot of the story? How do you react to it? These are the story elements and narrative components that I teach that when you when you want to understand a dream as a story, first you need to look at the story elements, which are the settings, characters, and symbols, and then the narrative components, which are the action, reaction, and resolution. Every good story, or at least most good stories, have all six of those, the story elements and narrative components. So if you can learn to analyze a dream like a story, you can pull these parts of it out and then start using tools for interpreting symbolism because dreams speak the language of symbolism. You decode the symbolism and then you kind of put it all together in the end. I call this my D3 process and it's at dreams123.com. You can learn all about it. It teaches you to look at the dream as a story and analyze it that way, but it's a story told with symbolism, so you have to learn some things about symbolism, and ultimately, the story is interactively. You step into the story as an actor. You're not just reading the book. You are in the story, and so you have to think of the story as an experience that you created for yourself. And when you know that you created it for yourself, you know there's a reason for it, and that reason ultimately is in your unconscious mind. 
So your dreams are helping you to get to know that vast other part of the mind that is in the background while you're awake, but comes to the foreground while you were asleep. So yeah, there's lots of fun stuff that you can learn when you start to understand dreams as stories. So what you're doing then is you're connecting to that dream uh, and bringing it into your everyday life. Is that correct? Oh, yes, very much so. There's always a parallel between what's going on in your life and what's happening in the dream. Usually you can find the source of a dream or content within the dream in memories that have formed in the last day or two. Because a basic process that happens while dreaming is memory processing. You, While you're awake, you're not able to allow these deeper processes to happen. And so when you go to sleep, your brain is able to free up resources. It's kind of like when it's like a computer network that when everyone signs off for the day, then the server or the mainframe or whatever you want to call it, the, the heart of the computer network is able to do the processing and upkeep uh, that is, it's not able to do during the day because it's too busy handling just the normal traffic of the day. So this is like your brain during the day. It's too busy with all these other things. But when you go to sleep, the brain is able to then do the memory processing. It clears out the memory banks. And so you can look to your recent memories for the source of a dream. If you can trace the dream to its source memories, then there's all kinds of great insights that you can get about it. In fact, I just gave a lesson at dreams123.net, which is my blog. I just posted there a lesson where a guy uh, was able to trace the memory, the dream content. He was able to take the dream setting and trace it to recent memories of events that happened in that setting, which then helped him to explain why these, these other things that happened in the dream. But it began with the memories that formed at in that place that the dream reproduced as a setting, and he was able to then use it as insight into the rest of the dream. So is every dream that we have meaningful? Not every dream. It's the dreams that impact you um, and the dreams that you participate in as, uh, um, as an actor in the story. See, when... Dreaming, people tend to think of it as a dream. It's a monolithic thing. What they're not realizing is, is that dreaming is a spectrum of experience. And it begins when you close your eyes. And the whatever was on your mind as you're falling asleep is now going to start to be rendered into imagery. But there is not a narrative. There isn't story cohesion there. The um, So it's really what I call that is dreaming. It's a process that's happening as the brain is warming up. It's not a dream. A dream is a story. It has a narrative structure. So uh, sometimes what you're seeing in your dreams is not meaningful because that deeper process, uh, processing is not happening yet. The brain is just kind of warming up. It's spitting out imagery. There's some symbolism to it. It could be traced to maybe things that you were thinking about before you went to sleep or maybe something your body is digesting at the time. A lot of the early dreams we have, like early in the night, are based off of these things that are happening in the body and mind that are just routine processes, and they're not necessarily meaningful. But when the dreams engage you, uh, like watching a good movie and you like your mind immerses into the movie, 
that is when your dreams are meaningful. I know, and that can be kind of scary <laughs> because you think about when if you've had something that you've been trying to work through or let go or move past, and a lot of times people are blocked, and they're blocking themselves. And it's kind of when you have to face that, I always say the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know because, <laughs> yeah. because facing the unknown can be a little scary. But your dreams will keep taking you back to those places because if they're blocking you from growth um, or it's continuing to put you in pain, emotional or physical or otherwise, then your dreams are going to focus there. So when dreams do get – when they get scary, you, I think of it as the – something is being amplified so that it can be brought to your attention – and if you go to dreams123.com and look under the contents, it's all right there on the front page. There's a table of contents and look up Amplify. It's under step two. It's a way for understanding the reason why dreams will focus attention on certain content. If you say, I don't want to go there, Lee, you are inviting your dreams to go there. Because if you're consciously avoiding something and it's important that you do give it your attention, then your dreams are going to do it for you. And I tell people who are having these experiences, and this might be something that could be valuable for your client, um, for your clients who are experiencing difficult dreams, is you don't want to leave it up to your dreams to do the processing for you. If there is something that is uh, emotionally thorny, if there is something that you are avoiding or repressing or something like that, your dreams like a laser beam will focus in on it. And if you leave it up to your dreams to do it for you, you are inviting powerful, scary dreams because while you're dreaming, the filters are off and the defenses are down and you are experiencing things in this amplified, exaggerated sort of way. So if you can deal with the problem or whatever it is, the place where you're hurt, the issue you aren't dealing with, if you can do it consciously, Lee, then it allows your dreams to say, okay, we can go on and maybe give you a more pleasant experience in your sleep. But if you leave it up to us, then this is just the nature of dreaming. It's going to focus on those places that you're avoiding or where you're hurt. And you would be wise to focus there yourself consciously and get the help that you need if you need it so that you're not leaving it up to your dreams to do it for you. So what you're saying is you better lean into it because yes. when you the only way you're going to come through it is to lean right into it. That's right. That's right. It in it it's, it takes the the courage and um, most of all, I found with uh, dream work when what the most valuable thing that a person brings to the table is their desire to know the truth, the in in the the self reflection, the self honesty. But you want to you have to want to know the truth about yourself. Dreams by nature show you what is unconscious in yourself. And it's it's kind of a it's like a, a Saturnian wisdom to dreams is that sometimes it takes a little bit of pain in order to be able to spark growth. Sometimes it takes a swift kick in the butt to get your butt moving and dreams will do that for you. Um, so having that 
I'm ready to lean into it. I'm ready to do the work. That willingness and that um, self-honesty is the best thing that you can bring to the table when you start working with your dreams. So what about people that say they don't dream? Because I've had several clients say that they never dream, but, but it's interesting is after they start doing neurofeedback, they'll say, you know what, I'm starting to have dreams. Um, do you think that there are people that never dream? Well, um, there are, and it's usually because of brain damage or brain disease. There are areas of the brain that are uh, critical for producing the experience of a dream. Um, there's also people who have aphantasia um, who report very diminished dreams. Aphantasia is the, um, it's the inability to be able to visualize with the mind's eye. And the mind's eye is what is being used to render the experience of the dream. It's kind of like the uh, movie projector. So if you have this, um, um, if you have this blockage going on inside of your brain because of damage or because of a condition like aphantasia, it's possible you don't dream. But most people, and I'm talking better than 99%, they do dream. The people who say they don't dream just don't remember it. And usually all it takes is some kind of a cue for them, a suggestion, a prompt that they, they give attention and now they start remembering dream content. And so I always give this advice to people who say that they aren't, dream, they aren't dreaming at all. And I say, look, you're just not remembering your dreams. It might take a while before that starts to happen. But if you give it your attention, first thing, especially in the morning, as soon as you wake up, you give it your attention, you're likely to be able to start recalling content. And I'll ask you to do this first. See when you first wake up, if you can remember anything that seemed like you were dreaming. You don't have to remember the content. Just ask yourself if there's anything that you can point to in your memory that says this was a dreamlike experience. If you can answer that question, yes, then it answers the overall question. Do you dream? Yes, you do. Now the, now the question becomes, how do you remember that content? And there are easy tips that anybody can follow where almost everyone who follows the easy tips for remembering their dreams will start to do so. So share some of those with us. Sure. The first thing is to give your attention to your dreams as soon as you wake up. Dreams are, are kept, the dream memories are kept in a special form of memory that's very easily overwritten by new memories. So as soon as you start thinking about something else when you wake up in the morning, you are forgetting your dreams. You're overwriting the memories. The memories are still in there, but you only have so much availability to, like if you're putting new dream content or new memory content into your mind, you're forming new memories, you're crowding out the dream memories. So first, give that attention. First thing in the morning, your undivided attention. But for me, the process starts before I go to sleep. But as I'm starting to get into that, you know, I feel my body starting to get really relaxed and my mind is starting to drift off. I'll make the suggestion to myself a few times that I want to remember my dreams. My dreams are important to me. This is an important part of my life. There are valuable insights and messages I can get through them. Sometimes it's even before I get into the bed. I look at the bed and make myself consciously realize I'm going to go to sleep. 
I'm going to start having dreams. Let's get my mind into the mode where it's going to start to pay attention to these experiences that are happening as I'm asleep because I can be more aware of what's going on as I am sleeping. Do you know the difference, Lee, between high dream recallers and low dream recallers according to studies? No. Is that high dream recallers wake up more during the night. Low dream recallers tend to sleep straight through. And I've noticed this too. If I wake up in the night like I have to use the bathroom or I get a drink of water or something like that, it's giving me time to pull in the dream content um, whatever's been in my mind, most likely you're going to wake up at the end of a REM cycle. REM is when you have the most vivid dreams. So if you wake up and it seems like randomly in the middle of the night, or you wake up because you have to use the bathroom or you're thirsty or something like that, it's a great practice to get into of going, what was I just dreaming? What do I remember from my dreams? And by recalling those memories, you are writing them encoding them into a deeper memory storage that is not so easily overwritten. So it's kind of like transferring the data from, say, a USB drive onto your hard drive. Once it goes onto the hard drive, it's in a more permanent form. So these are things that anyone can do, but it really comes down to two things. Let's just call it time, and we've talked about giving time in the morning to your dreams, and desire. You know, Lee, a lot of people don't a lot of people don't want to remember their dreams because they were afraid of what they're going to learn. Mm, they're I afraid of right. their dreams. And so the desire to do it comes from knowing that there is more than a century of clinical tradition and dream interpretation that shows the great benefits that you can have for healing and growth from your dreams. And there are millennia worth it that go it goes back i mean um did you know that um the sphinx was um used to be buried under sand and there's a stella uh like a tablet that's in front of the sphinx to the to, to this day that says the story of a pharaoh who fell asleep in front of the dreams and um or i'm sorry who fell asleep in front of the sphinx and dreamed that the sphinx was talking to him and said uncover me because it was buried in sand. Wow. This is just one of the great examples, and I give it to show that 4,000 years ago that people were paying attention to their dreams and recognizing the value and benefit of them. And I'm sure it goes back much further than that, but that's just recorded history. So dreams have been part of our community and part of humanity going back for as far as we can remember. And a lot of people think that dreams were actually a major part of our evolution. So really the point here is, is that there's a lot that you can learn from your dreams, a lot of value that can be added to your life. So it naturally, when you know that, you will have the desire to remember your dreams. Absolutely. You know, you make some really good points. And and I've heard of people, when you think about using your dreams as a way for professional or even personal development to learn about yourself, you know, it makes me wonder crazy things like, I don't know, could you use a dream to help you find a true love? Could you, could you use a dream to help you recreate yourself into us a a new being so i mean this is exciting stuff we're going to take a break and when we come back i want to learn more about if you can use a, a dream to find true love i've got three clients that i can send you tomorrow 
we'll be back after these messages. It's words you never heard. The first official 4th of July party was held at the White House in 1801. But did you know that countries other than the U.S. celebrate American Independence Day or July 4th? Denmark, Italy, Portugal, and England all have 4th of July parties. In fact, the British celebrate their independence with bungers and fizz gigs, otherwise known as firecrackers, just like in America. Squib is slang for an electric match used in pyrotechnics. Our dog celebrates July 4th every year the same way, by cowering under the bed. Many European celebrations take place, of course, at American military bases. I'd like to send a special thanks to all our armed forces stationed around the world for everything you do to provide freedom and independence to America. It's words you never heard. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome to Geraldine Tegelove Live. The show that shares with you the secrets of redefining, reinventing, and rebuilding your life. Having pulled herself from the rubble of financial ruin and having gone on to create a highly successful career, Geraldine has become an expert in the art of transformation. She believes that it doesn't matter where you are right now, how overwhelmed you feel, or how impossible the task of turning your life around may seem. You can do it. Stay tuned as metaphysician, international best-selling author and intuitive Geraldine Tegelov gives you the inner understanding and the outer practical how-to to create your amazing life. Gain a fresh perspective on how to redefine, reinvent, and rebuild your life. Join Geraldine Tegelov live every Tuesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on the Toginet Radio Network. back. Now here is your host, Lee Richardson. So we're just having some really great conversations about dreams. And, you know, the one thing I've learned just in this brief conversation and visiting your website and reading your blog that's at dreams123.net is that really dream interpretation is not as hard as it can seem. I mean, if you would have told me you know, six months ago, I could interpret my own dreams. I would have been, yeah, okay, sure. But after just, you know, researching you a little bit and listening to you, I think maybe I could. I know that everyone can interpret their dreams. That's a song I have been singing for when I went public seven years ago with my first book. I wanted people to know that you don't have to be a guru or a psychologist or um, a psychic to be able to interpret dreams because there is a simple fact about dreams that empowers you to interpret them for yourself. And that is that you know subconsciously already while you are dreaming what it all really means. You also know it subconsciously when you wake up and reflect on the dream. But this simple fact can open up many doors for interpreting dreams because what it tells you is, is that you created your dream. That's the logic of why you understand subconsciously what it means. You're creating the dream. You are creating your dream in the unconscious part of the mind. So that means you already know what it means. 
but it's subconscious. It's outside of conscious awareness. And what you do to interpret a dream is to help to remind yourself what you already know, to remember what you already know. Dream interpretation has been put behind a paywall for the most part. There are, you know, if you want to know, if, if you want to go to an expert authority on dream interpretation who is certified, quote unquote, and your insurance company will pay for it, you know, I mean, we're probably starting at $200 an hour. And a lot of insurance companies won't pay for dream interpretation these days. They're going to send you to some, oh, well, let's just send you over here to the CBT therapist or something like that. You know, like they just want this wham, bam, thank you, ma'am sort of um, solutions for things these days. So I teach people that the power is in their own hands and that with some simple facts about dreams and some simple steps to follow, everyone can interpret their dreams. So what's the first step we take? The first step is the identify the story elements and narrative components, which we talked about earlier. We did. The second, yeah. the second step is you pull it over to, into um, you. You start interpreting the symbolism, decoding the symbolism. Symbolism is a language, and you can decode it at dreams123.com. I have an extensive two-part lesson on learning about symbolism. I also have it at dreams123.net. I have a bundle course right now. It's $59. It's about five hours of recorded video content where I teach all about this stuff. And so you decode the symbolism and you analyze the story. So you've broken, you take the dream, you identify the story elements and narrative components. You're recognizing that the dream is a story. It's an experience you gave yourself. You're trying to figure out why. You're trying to remember what it is you already know subconsciously because you created the dream. So step two, you start decoding the symbolism and analyzing the story. And I give tools and steps to follow sub steps for that. And then in step three, you take all the information that you've gathered. It's kind of like gathering the facts and testing the evidence. And in step three, you're going to form your hypothesis. It's basic investigative or scientific approach to anything, but this is applied to dreams. So you put it into context because a dream is always within personal context of you and your life. That's how the dream has to be understood. That's why dream interpret dream dictionaries, most of them are not able to help you with context. They can only give these sort of general answers. And if they happen to hit the mark, it's just random luck. But um, you can, I teach in my dream interpretation dictionary. That's why we call it the interpretation dictionary because it teaches dream interpretation. And one of the things is context is helps you to understand the symbolism and the story. And then you pull it all together and reflect on your life. And usually Lee, by the time we get to the end of that process, that three-step process, you at least have a good idea what the dream is speaking to, if not fully understanding its meaning. But dreams have more than there's no such thing according to jeremy taylor a great interpreter of dreams and teacher of dream interpretation many counselors and psychotherapists and stuff out there these days were taught by dr taylor and he says there is no such thing as a dream with only one meaning so i want to make sure i make that point is my process can help you but it's not the final it's just teaching you a systematic approach it's really up to you to take it from there so if it has more than more one meaning, if you're going through that process and everything has been going your way, you know, things are good, um, will you get a different reading than if you have that dream, you interpret it, and you're thinking about, oh, what happened the day before? It was awful. It was so terrible. 
How's which that is often well you see often those types of thoughts and feelings are what are most obviously found in a dream because the content is right there and so you can once you start reflecting on your life and understanding how dreams speak symbolically then you can start to see those easy parallels kind of the low-hanging fruits but what happens is is that over time you start to realize that the dream symbols are layered with meaning they're like pictures that say a thousand words and when you put the pictures together Together. In other words, you put the symbols together into the context of a story, and there's multiple symbols that all string together as part of this narrative, then you start realizing that the meaning is growing exponentially, a thousand words times a thousand words times a thousand words. Now we're getting it into entire books worth of information, but you can't unpack all that information at once. So oftentimes what you get first is kind of the surface layer of the story, which is speaking to what was most prominent in your mind and heart at the time. Um, when the memories were formed in the last day or two. But then dreams can start to speak to deeper aspects of spirit. They can, at the same time, they're speaking to deeper aspects of what's happening in your life. So you could have a dream that speaks to what's happening in your body, but in the same symbol or the same scene or, or the same overall dream story, you could also see in that content what's happening in your mind, in your heart, and in your spirit. I'll give you a quick example of this. I had a dream where I went over to an acquaintance's house because I heard the house was up for auction. And I show up and I'm thinking in my mind, wow, the, you know, this house is really nice. And because I know in real life, we do some house sitting over there sometimes. And I know it's a really nice house in a nice neighborhood. And I'm thinking, if this thing is at auction, that means I might be able to get a real bargain. Maybe I should buy this house. But then I realized that I'm told in the dream that there was a leak in the basement and that there's I go and I look in the basement and there's all this water down there. And I'm starting to think to myself, eh, maybe this isn't such a good thing. So I initially interpreted the dream on the level of that house is kind of a getaway house for us. And at the time, superficially, what was on my mind the day before the dream is, damn, do I need a break? And when we go house sitting over at that house, it's kind of a break. There's aren't, there aren't as many dishes to do and trash to take out and things to take care of. It's quiet. You're private. And, you know, we're all kind of quarantined these days. And living in a house with multiple people, you start to get in each other's hair and stuff like that. You just kind of need a break. That was the first layer of the story that I analyzed and understood. But then its deeper layer over time, as I continued to focus on the dream, became apparent is, is that there were things that I wanted to take ownership of. When I buy a house at auction, I want to take ownership of it. And the auction means I have a limited window of opportunity. So understanding it that way, it changed my approach to some of the things that were happening around the house that were causing me stress. I said, instead of reacting to it in a stress, you know, stressful sort of way within myself, I'm instead going to take ownership and see if I can solve some of the underlying problems that are causing the stress in the first place. So you see a deeper layer that opened up to the dream by continuing to work with it. So let me ask you this. So over a course of, let's say, two weeks, you have these dreams, and they, they're they similar in some way. Can you thread those dreams for even a deeper meaning? Yes. Thank you for bringing that up because you're not just interpreting a dream. A dream is within the larger context of your dream life. So everything that you've been dreaming lately, oftentimes there are threads that run through them, even in the same nightly. 
um, you can have a stage of dreaming, like you have one REM stage. Um, this is part of the sleep cycle. The sleep cycle averages 90 minutes. And on average, about 45 minutes, half the time, you're going to be in REM stage. So half that time you are dreaming. You could have three or four separate, what appear to be separate dreams in that stage. But even though they appear to be separate, they're all telling the same story in different ways. And now let's spread that over a night. You could have even more dreams that are telling the story different ways, highlighting different aspects of the same condition, event, issue, situation. And then over weeks, days and weeks and months and even years, you can continue having dreams that are revolving around the same theme. And I tell, I advise people, my students who um, are, uh, whether they're new to dream interpretation or not, I advise them, pay attention to your recurring dreams because we all have these dreams that recur. Oftentimes, it continues a story. They're called serial recurring dreams, uh, like a serial drama. Um, uh, it's a term from television. Um, think of them as like sequels. And your dreams will sequel each other. So you want to pay attention to them because what they're doing is giving you a large amount of data over a span of time of your life where you can reflect on what was going on and more easily find the content that between the dream content in your life, you can find the parallels. So great advice. Tell people not just to analyze a dream. You want to analyze your dream life. That, you know, that puts it in such a different context because if you think about your story, that's your life. And as we evolve, we tell a different story. Gosh, the story I'm telling today is so different than the one I was when I was 20. And I'm so thankful for that. <laughs> yes, I am too. <laughs> um, yeah, and it is the story of your life. I like to say that your, your story of your life evolves by day and it's chronicled by night. Your dreams are, are chronicling them in the form of symbolism, though. It's chronicling your life as these stories that are told with symbolism. So you can see your life reflected in your dream content, and it becomes apparent to you if it's not already after you have a little bit of basic training in decoding dream symbolism and analyzing the story which I've already given two resources for that for your listeners, dreams123.com. There's an entire textbook worth of information there. I initially wrote it as a book, um, and then I decided that I didn't want to wait for a publisher to pick it up, so I made it all available online. And then there's dreamschool.net, which I took a year of my life, and I created a variety of different courses, including, Lee, the teaser at the end of your last break about finding love in your dreams. Oh, let's talk about that yes i created a course called dreaming for love and relationships at, at dreamschool.net because these are the kinds of dreams that people really even if they've never paid attention to their dreams before it will really um perk up their ears because they they realize that their dreams can tell them things that will help them in their love life and relationships in general they i've had i in the course I address things like dreams that can help you to understand the strategies that you use to attract a mate and can even advise you on ways that you can um, use the best strategies. Um, dreams that help you to understand what's going on in your relationships. Dreams that, like when you're early in a relationship, that give you ideas about the prospects for it. For example, Lee, if your new dating partner hand you balloons that lose their air, 
then that's a that's a sign that it's the relationship isn't going to go anywhere because the balloons that are like helium balloons filled with gas are it, it means that it's filled with artificial or false hope and that that you're recognizing subconsciously that the um, it's inevitable that the relationship is going to end and symbolized as the balloons falling to the ground, losing their air. Um, so that's an example I give from my course, by the way. But then there's something that goes on that's deeper um, where you, if you're in a relationship, you can understand the dynamics of the relationship. If there are um, areas that are have potential for growth or um, where you need maybe better communication or to get over an old wound or something like that, your dreams can help you with that. They will help you with your relationships. And ultimately, that they're, they're going to teach you is, is that true love is self-love and self-love is true love. And that what your dreams are ultimately trying to do is teach you to love yourself first. Because if you're projecting your need for self-love onto a partner and needing them to feed that back to you so that you can feel loved, then you're setting yourself up for disappointment and even for disaster. You have to love yourself first. And I have found many dreams that ultimately carry that message. So this is all taught in my course, um, Dreaming for Love and Relationships at Dreams123.net. So how do your dreams, how are they inf- impacted by your environment? I mean, I think about somebody that's been incarcerated and their life is is upside down. They've in many ways, they've lost a big portion of their life. How does that impact their dreaming? Well, one thing that dreams can do in a situation like that, or let's say where somebody's chronically ill and they're not getting any stimulation, they're just laying in a bed and watching TV all day or something, they mm-hmm. will have these incredibly fantastic, adventurous dreams. The dreams are going to compensate. And this is something that Carl Jung taught, is, is that there is a compensatory function of the psyche to balance the scales. There's also a compensatory function to deliver to you and give you something that is missing from your life and you want it and you're able to accept it. So that person sitting in a jail cell, if they feel like they need to have an escape in their dreams, their dreams can provide that for them. Um, I was helping a guy. I just interviewed him, and it's not up on my YouTube channel. Radow, by the way, R-A-D-O-W-L, is my channel at YouTube. And I'm about to post an interview with a guy who is a young man who got sick. He had a heart problem, and he gave up everything that was going on in his life. He was he had been very physically vigorous and adventurous. He loved to skateboard and do parkour, which is like wall climbing and building jumping and stuff like this. Um, and he lost it for a couple of years because of his condition and he was afraid to do anything and then all of a sudden he started having dreams about being dreaming from the perspective of an anime character which is a japanese cartoon mm-hmm. um and he was having these adventures and dreaming from the perspective of the character and i mean he's doing all the things that he can't do physically but he used to be able to do and he's doing it in his dreams and ultimately what he realized now He was dreaming about the shows that he ended up watching, the anime shows. He was dreaming the entire episodes before he watched the shows. 
he he sent me screenshots and all kinds of stuff to prove that he was dreaming about this stuff before actually watching it. And ultimately, what we found is there was a very deep synchronicity in this experience, a meaningful coincidence that was telling him that he doesn't have to give up his life, that he can go back and get the old life that he had. In fact, as he was writing that thought in his journal, a song came on a playlist with hundreds of songs. A song came on and said, get back the uh, get back the life that I had. That lyric in the song played as he was thinking to himself that maybe that's what his dreams were really telling him. So, so your dreams can do wonderful things for you like that. So do you encourage people to journal about their dreams? Because I encourage people to journal about everything. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and I, I think that you can very much interrelate with each other because I use my dreams as the start of my overall journaling you know, I get up in the morning. First thing I do, I pay, I'm thinking about my dream content. I'm writing down the memories before I do anything else. And so I have my journal already ready there by the side of my bed. I like to do pen and paper. Um, but if you have like a phone with a voice recorder on it or something like that, do it first thing and then use it as like your diary. I had a dream last night where I, I was, as I'm writing it down in the morning, this morning, I was realizing some of the larger implications of the dream. And I used it as kind of like a diary entry. I started with the dream memories. And then from there, I expanded and went into it more as a diary. That's, I think, a very good way to, you know, the name of the show is In Your Head, and that's the problem with most of us, is we stay in our head, and to get out of our head, I think journaling is, you know, once you take that information and you get it out of your head, and you put it on paper, then you can look at it differently, and you'll notice over time that, you know, you have more positive words in your journal entries. There's just lots of different things to look for. The with the dream analysis is there or interpretation. So what would we back up? Is interpretation the same as analysis? Um yes, although I would say that the interpretation part of it has more to do with decoding the symbolism, interpreting the symbolism. And then the story analysis, it gets you more or, or just say just just say dream analysis compared to dream interpretation. Dream analysis gets more into the person who has the dream the personal context of the life of the dreamer and how it is reflected in their dream content. So dream interpretation is more about decoding the symbolism. Dream analysis is more about decoding the person. So dream analysis for me would be the hard part because that's how I have to connect everything and I have to reflect on it. And that can be a little painful. Yes, it can. And that's why the willingness to know the truth about yourself is the first thing that you need to bring to the table when you start doing dream work. How often do you find that people will start it and that it will be overwhelming and they'll have to walk away from it? Sometimes, although I've found more often the reaction is, oh, my God, I didn't know that my dreams could tell me so much. And I didn't know that there was so much meaning and so much benefit that I could get out of them. There are some times that people get overwhelmed by it, um, but they can pick it up later. Uh, I advise, though, that, you know, strike while the iron is hot. 
if there's a reason why you've been led to dream work and you start doing dream analysis and, and dream interpretation and you start getting those initial, you know, deeper looks into the meaning of your dreams, then stick with it. It's very important to keep that ball rolling while it's, you know, when it starts to roll and you have that momentum, then stick with it. So what I hear you say is it's really important to be open to receive and to get committed. If you're going to do it, you need to stay with it. Is that a correct interpretation? Yeah. And this is a process that builds over time. So you, you don't want to I don't want to say waste, but you know, you don't want to drop the ball after you've gotten it in your hands. It takes effort and energy to practice remembering your dreams. It's a muscle that gets stronger, you know? So if you have been making that muscle stronger, do you want to just suddenly stop exercising it? Just with the raw mechanics of dream work, the first thing before you can interpret a dream or analyze it is you have to remember it. It's not the easiest thing to do. Even I, with 25 years of experience at this, I have some mornings I wake up and there's the dream content and I'm focusing and focusing and then it goes, (laughs) it's gone, you know, or, you know, something happens in my house and I have to run and, you know, take care of something or pay attention to it. um, And I'm not able to, you know, give it the attention. But then there's also, it's not just remembering that, you know, it's exercising that muscle, but there's another muscle that you're exercising which is your ability to be able to understand your dream content. That practice that you get at decoding the symbolism and finding the parallels between your life and your dream content is invaluable and it builds on itself. When I first started this and I spent my first couple of years lost with my dreams, I had no good clue, but I had a mentor who helped me with it. I couldn't really do it on my own at all. And and before I could become a public expert with this, it took me 15 years of practice. So before I even started writing the first book about it, which took a few years to get published. So it was a lot of work and a lot of time to go into it. And if you are putting forth that effort, Lee, yes, keep going. Don't give up. And even if you keep banging your head against the wall and it seems like you'll never understand your dreams, I promise you, if you keep trying and you find some good resources like what I offer at dreams123.com and dreamschool.net, you will start getting insights into your dreams. And once that door opens, you will want to continue walking through it. I guess it, you know, it just feels so good to start to understand what we always, I always thought dreams were so mystical and, you know, that you couldn't really wrap your arms around them. But I have a different opinion of that now. And I really, I want to encourage everybody out there. There is so much information uh, on dreams123.net. And what are another couple of sites that you listed? Uh, dreams123.com and dreamschool.net. Uh, between the three of those websites, there's a lot of information out there. And I tell you, if you, if there's, I have a book called Rat Owl's Crash Course in Dream Interpretation. It's at Amazon and print. The ebook is all over the place. The audio book is all over the place. It's a two and a half hour audio book. So it's fairly short and it is packed with information 
a lot of the stuff that we just talked about, and then I demonstrate it through dreams that I have helped to interpret, and I take the reader or the listener step-by-step through the process. They can find it. It's on the sidebar at dreams123.net and on the front page at dreams123.com, and they can find that book. If somebody wants to start off with this subject, that's where I would point them toward. Well, thank you, and thank you so much for being a guest. You've offered us all such insight, and really, I think, I know you've changed my opinion of what dreams are, and probably many, many others. The The most important thing that I think I walk away from with from this is that, you know, be true to yourself and be ready to be even truer to yourself when you yeah. start the process. Yeah, Anything, absolutely. any thought, any quick thought you want to leave us with? Um, happy dreaming, everybody, and it's well worth the effort and time you give to your dreams. On behalf of Lee Richardson and the Brain Performance Center, we want to thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear more episodes like this, visit us on iTunes. Google Play, Toginet, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Spotify, 